We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by Sean Siegel. You can find all of Sean's work up at rotoviz.com. Sean, we are back at it again. We're drafting the best ball mania tree over at underdogfantasy.com and we are ready to draft. So if you're drafting over at underdogfantasy.com, we have 30 seconds. So this draft does kick off. You can use the code ROTOVIS while signing up. That gets you a 100% sign up bonus up to $100 if you're jumping up and playing over there with a new account. We are chasing $2 million, Sean, as the top price here in underdog fantasy's best ball mania tree we continue to get some favorite favoritism here sean with these draft slots is that true i know i i was just mentioning to ben because he and i drafted from the 104 in the ffpc best ball tournament the other day that he had gotten rid of the curse you have been bringing nothing but amazing draft slots to me i drafted later that day after we drafted last week and got the 109 110 again i've got an article up on the site breaking down those two hyper fragile drafts column last time we did hyper fragile we're sitting here at the 102 jonathan taylor has gone this feels to me again from the 101 102 that hyper fragile will be possible but maybe we want to at least consider going with an anchor running back draft today yeah i think so uh i think you know we we, we went and we we did we did what we had to do sean the last day but I think I think we'll see how it plays out. Funny enough, I think what's going to play out now today is when we've had that discussion of that being a possibility. Maybe we don't get our guys here when it comes back to the two-three turn. But we started the last draft. We got Jonathan Taylor at one hundred two, back-to-back draft. Sean, this I, I, this is going to break. This good spell of you know picks is going to break. People talk with uh, Peter Overzet and the influencer one hundred one that he was getting. There was people complaining that they weren't going to draft in these anymore because Pete kept getting the one hundred one. It's going to start happening if we keep getting these 102s and uh, getting those good draft spots. But hopefully, Sean, today we will see some of those wide receivers drop back to us in the back end of the uh, second round into the third round. So I'm looking forward to this draft. But we haven't drafted Christian McCaffrey too many times together this kind of draft season so far. We have gone with Jonathan Taylor when he's been there. We probably have taken uh, McCaffrey a couple of times, but... We've gone with some of the wide receivers as well for some zero RB builds. But 
let's see how it's going to play out the picks that have gone off the board in the wide receiver position at the 103 we have cooper cup then justin jefferson jamar chase then we had austin eckler stefan diggs derrick henry dalvin cook Devonte adams cd lamb so pretty much going kind of as you would expect so far so we'll see who's coming back sean at this point people probably listening we've had a couple of the same spot people probably knowing the targets that we're going to have in that range my two targets tend to be aj brown and t higgins is there anyone else that we want to discuss over those two guys today because they're the two guys we we tend to talk about at this point well ben talked me into aj brown a few picks into the third that's his favorite player and a very good player to have as the favorite player as ben mentions pretty frequently he's played in the tennessee system and hasn't had the number of routes that star wide receivers usually have if he jumps up to a normal level and then is able to maintain a lot of his peripherals you're looking at just a stunning type of season now we know that there could be continued concerns on that level when you're looking at the philadelphia eagles and how they attacked last year one of the things that you and i have been playing and and Rotoviz, i think to an extent has been playing in drafts is this idea that the eagles could flip and become a little bit more like the 2021 baltimore ravens not to say that the ravens will continue that but the eagles could be the team that does that this season with brown and Devonte smith to go along with dallas goddard i think here i just want to see how it plays out i think that we want to maintain our flexibility we talked about doing anchor running back approach i've got several articles up including and especially in the dynasty workshop talking about how maintaining flexibility is really the key we want to be flexible here we can kind of see what build works the best as we go along we know that last year the double anchor or an rbrb start was very effective but that was in part because second round running backs had much more success in 2021 than they usually do if you've read michael Dumner's work on the silver bullet approach to best ball you know that some of the differences that will show up if you look only and more specifically at 2021 compared if you look at the last four or five years together that maybe that rb rb start is a little bit of a false prize there a false idol we might say as we think about what worked last year and how whatever worked in the previous year tends to get chased a little bit that being said I think that at the 211 we we more or less just want to take the best available player because we do know that especially once you've started out with christian mccaffrey you have a lot of flexibility and whether it's anchor zero obviously won't be zero at this point but hyper fragile the build will flow off of that and will work so we get here i think that t higgins is more or less a no-brainer i know he's the guy that you are looking at is there any compelling reason to go in a different direction here no i think uh, the question would have been between him and debo who went one pick before people watching on the video may have seen my face squeeze up a little bit when that pick happened you know he i think he would be interesting there as well the other player sean that would have made that interesting would have been if saquon barkley had admitted he went at the 208 then nick chubb then debo samuel so if he had to go back to us i think it would have been interesting the picks between when we selected are now javante williams and josh allen so we're back on the clock but the options that are available sean are mark andrews leonard Fournette, aj brown uh, then we have allen williams and dj moore i think for me here it's aj brown well i've gotten maybe more aj brown that i'm really looking for what are your thoughts on mark andrews who has a 20 adp 
And oh, we're going to run it. We're going to get Mark Andrews. You're really craftily doing this. We're going to time out. This is amazing, Sean. I cannot believe this. This is the downside of uh, not not drafting where I have access to the the keys here. I think Sean, you know, we do get him at a six pick discount. So the other part is I haven't drafted Mark Andrews very much at all this year because he is generally going in that mid second round and he's not really paid him back to us so i do think getting him at the 302 there is an absolute steal and i did mention some of the players sean that went in between josh allen went at the 301 there another player that caught my eye when he was taken was at the 201 we've seen michael Pittman go off the board so we do have some players and you know that has pushed other players down but yeah man i love getting aj brown but i think you know that structurally i think that could be a sound decision sean based on the the value we got there i also want to hear your take because you obviously had no intention of us getting aj brown you mentioned having you know more aj brown than you might want i have all the aj brown at this point so uh yeah maybe getting away from him is is the way to go at certain points the other thing that it has given us access to in the drafts that we haven't got brown is it does give you that ability to look into you know Devontae smith later as well so was it just the value thing, Sean, that gave us there? It also gets us access to the elite tight end. And I, how are you for uh, exposure on Andrews this year? Is he somebody that you haven't been getting much of so far? It's fairly low, and I have Kyle Pitts ranked ahead of him. Listeners to our last underdog show know that we did pick Kyle Pitts in yeah. that range. But with Andrews falling below ADP, that's where I would be looking to get him. And with how high I have Kyle Pitts ranked, if we just selected Pitts where I have him ranked, he would be on every team. We don't necessarily want that. We want to get decent values and we want to get a little bit different players as we go through from the draft slots. Now, last time we had Jonathan Taylor, so this would be Christian McCaffrey with Pitts, whereas before it was Jonathan Taylor with Pitts. You know, depending on how many early picks we get, we've been lucky recently. We could obviously go on a run where we have the 107 to 112 for you know 10, 15 drafts in a row. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I, I wish I had some of those Pitts CMC combinations. But we do want the elite tight end. We know that's a key part of the build. Right now, where we go running back, wide receiver, tight end, we're very well set up to do a large number of things. My concern with A.J. Brown is just that I don't think that the gap between him and Devontae Smith is nearly as large as the gap in their ADP. So we're trying to create exposure to players and teams and scenarios. We talk about that Eagles offense blowing up. If it does blow up, if they pass more than people think, that's going to be great for A.J. Brown it's going to be even better for Devonte Smith. And then you're going to wish that you had more of him. It's a cheaper way to play the offense. One of the things that we look at at that two, three turn in underdog where the drafters are taking the wide receivers and perhaps pushing down some of the running backs we don't want is that means also that we don't get really wide receivers that we want at that range. So it's a huge benefit to have the one Oh two, anything there in the, sort of the top four or five picks definitely not complaining about having a pick at the two, three turn because having a pick early in the third also an advantage. And yet in many drafts, there's not a clear cut player there when there is like a Mark Andrews, then I think that we want to, to get that. The issue with the Eagles, we talked about maybe they could be more pass heavy. Obviously the big talking point right now with the Ravens and perhaps one of the reasons why Mark Andrews lasted to us is that there's this real specter. There's this concern that they could go very, very run heavy. And then even with Andrews being a superstar, perhaps he doesn't score like he did last year. Colin, one of the things that I was a little bit surprised by there is Mark Andrews 
is perhaps the most important player to Rotoviz overtime. It seems like we should be pretty pumped up to have gotten him. No, I'm, I'm pumped after we did get him, but you know, it's always tough for me to take those eyes off AJ Bryan at that particular point. Um, but we were in a really nice situation at that turn because we almost had an opportunity to go and get Debo as well as a potential you know, player to talk on there. We don't really have time probably at this point to go back and discuss that. But yeah, Mark Andrews, which Sean was referencing there, and a lot of different leagues, but particularly uh, in, in our big money league last year in the, uh, well, the big money that we won, I guess we'll say the FFPC best ball tournament um, came through strong for us there over those closing weeks. We are now two picks away, Sean. Interesting kind of area of the draft here. We get Ezekiel Elliott, Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson, Going off the board, Terry McLaurin, Darren Waller, Patrick Mahomes, Brandon Cooks. So we are one pick away. But any players really standing out? We have Gabriel Davis here is probably a, a top option. DK Metcalf, another receiving option. Then we have some quarterback options. Or your guy, Brees Hall, here is the, the other name that's probably on our list. Well, we had talked about doing an anchor running back approach, but there's just such a, a big disparity in the value at running back versus wide receiver right here, at least to my mind. Brees Hall went at the 204 in the draft I did earlier today. For him to be at the 411, I don't know that we can pass that. Yeah, no, let's take him. And Sean is, uh, you know, I think if I'm drafting solo, I'm probably trying to get the wide receiver here. But I think we're in a position where we are going to get our option of either Davis, Metcalf, or Bateman, you know, uh, because there's obviously two picks to go before it comes back to us here. Are they the clear second option? I think, you know, Hall is just too much to pass up. And you mentioned as well, you know, the other draft that was an FFPC baseball tournament, but, um, you know, the, the difference in ADP is is vast. So we have 22 seconds. We're on the clock, Sean. Who are we taking here? Well, I, I was all set to take DK Metcalf, but Gabriel Davis did come through. It's funny to talk about Gabriel Davis at the 502 as being this incredible value, but where he's going in drafts currently, it really is. This is another chance to have a little bit of a unique team here, and he's got just huge upside. Yeah, so we're basically at the moment, Sean, we're just auto-drafting at the top of the queue <laughs> for the last, uh, I think that was the last three picks. We've just gone with the top option, but that has led us to Mark Andrews, Brees Hall, and Gabriel Davis. I would also have been interested there to get DK Metcalf. Did get a comment, Sean, on one of the recent videos where it was, I think it was after our first round pick, maybe at the 102, that you added Travis Kelsey to the queue at that point. I've noticed you've added DK Metcalf to your queue here. It would be amazing. I do, do not think they're going to make 20, 24 picks to get back to us, but I got, I got a few funny comments uh, regarding that. People enjoyed seeing him added to the queue. Yeah, you always want... <laughs> <laughs> You always want to add your best available players, right? It uh, just in case you don't want to mess them. You don't yeah, want to. You don't want to forget they're there, because uh, granted, obviously you're not going to get Travis Kelsey, but sometimes you'll go back through a draft. The very last thing that you want to have happen is make some picks and then realize that because you had completely eliminated someone from any possibility of coming back around make your picks and then realize that a player that you have not only is their adp higher but maybe you have them ranked like two or three rounds earlier that you just had completely closed off the possibility in your mind that they could come back around because it would be so insane for them to do so and then you know not only do you not get that value but you're kicking yourself because you missed on the pick i like to fill in the queue here from time to time with those top guys like a dk metcalf and then there will be other times column where we'll leave the queue empty because we're looking at 
the overall draft board or we're discussing players that we've picked then we have the uh back and forth where you give me a hard time for either not having fill up the queue or i did think it was fun in our last show when you mentioned i was refusing to move the guys we were discussing to the top of the queue so that if we did time out we would get them uh, as i like to say you're allowed to draft with one second left i obviously don't have to be as nervous since i have control of the draft if you're not the person who has the hand on the mouse then you know you're just always wondering is is sean actually going to click on someone or not Colin, one of the reasons why we put the players in the queue even though they're not coming back around is that you have the good feeling of seeing their name for that stretch while they are there that contrasts with what we are currently staring at in terms of best available where it's david montgomery josh jacobs elijah mitchell chris godwin dalton schultz adam thiel and russell gage none of these players are options for us no i don't think so so we're five picks away ideally those players would all get picked before it makes its way back to us we did touch earlier on um you know aj brown and you know then the Devonte smith situation Devonte smith goes in this range joe Burrow goes in this range drake london goes in this range i think they're all uh, interesting candidates and trey lance as well so i think if we come away here with i think if we come away with Devonte smith and a quarterback but joe Burrow did go off the, the board with that next pick how would you feel if we could get Devonte and, and Trey Lance here? I think would be the, the nicest situation that we could get probably. Yeah, it's interesting to see Joe Burrow goes at the 606. That is more or less around ADP. The other thing been... I was going to say, just to nip in, is in terms of adding those players to the queue, it is good also to, you know, from draft to draft to see if you don't take them where those players maybe do slide at times because ADP is one thing, but seeing individual drafts of where these players go. And we've mentioned and Sean's mentioned that we've been fortunate enough the last couple of drafts to get good draft slots. We are going to be drafting, you know, at the 105, 106 at times. And and that's also going to help, you know, guide where some of those players might come as well. It will. And then there's also for the superstitious, that sense of if you put someone in the queue that you absolutely have to have that maybe you will jinx yourself, that player <laughs> won't come back through. Come on, we're not superstitious, but we are very much hoping that Devontae Smith makes it one more spot. Where are you here with Chris Godwin? We have a balanced bill. We have Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, T. Higgins, Gabriel Davis, Mark Andrews, a lot of different ways we could go. We're going to take Devontae Smith here, but then there will be two picks and it comes back. If Godwin comes back to us, do you like him? DeAndre Hopkins also in this particular range. In a couple of drafts in the past several days, I have taken those players in hyper-fragile builds in order to get the late season upside at the wide receiver position and hoping to balance that out a little bit with the extreme depth if i'm drafting nine if i'm drafting 10 wide receivers perhaps that part of it ends up working you have a little bit of coverage just in terms of pure volume now we know the volume is weaker because you started with hyper-fragile approach and so you don't have the absolute stars who are going to score for you so you have to deal with a little bit of that tension some advantages some disadvantages obvious trade-offs there we're now one pick away as alan lazard goes 612 dalton schultz goes godwin and hopkins the top two guys on the board and then drake london london is the player that we usually go with godwin is well below adp how you feel i think lance is the guy to go for um i think godwin below adp is a good value there but i i just i'm just staying away from godwin at the moment so you want us to take Lance here? Yeah, I think we get the two quarterbacks, at least one quarterback in the window. The upside is, is through the roof. 
Um, you know, I, I, I think Godwin there is very, I was very, that's the first time in a draft recently where I've been very, very tempted by it. That is 10 picks after ADP. It's now 11 picks after ADP. The next person takes Miles Sanders. I, I think that at this point, this is where, you know, it makes sense to take him when it's around below ADP. I just have some concerns of recovery from injuries. Chris Godwin, for people, longtime listeners of Road of His Overtime will know that he is one of our absolute favorite wide receivers in the entire NFL. But coming back from that injury, I just have, have some concerns. And the the argument that you made, I think we took Hopkins in that last draft of like having that late season hammer to to go in there in the playoffs. But yeah, just have just have uh that little bit of concern around the injury in my in my mind, which I'm finding a little bit hard to shake off. But today that was almost the time, Sean, to to go for it. And I do think if Lance hadn't have been there, Lance was the only other pick that I was tempted to go with at that point. I think if it was just the two wide receivers, I, I would have took a shot there on Godwin and, and, and this particular draft being around after ADP. Um were you very close to going for him or Hopkins over Lance? It felt like you might have been. Yeah, I think I would have been pretty tempted with Godwin there, although what looks like a value now may not look like a value in two or three weeks. Godwin has been overdrafted through most of the offseason when you look at what he's liable to contribute in 2022, especially in the first half. Now, it's easy to say, okay, well, but what you really wanted those points during the fantasy playoffs, but you have to get there first. And that part of it for me means that it's just difficult to draft him in that area. Now we say difficult to draft him in that area. The three wide receivers who went immediately in front of him are Alan Lazard, Christian Kirk, and Kadarius Tony. Tony draft, probably I would draft them all over all of well, maybe Tony gets in, but I think he should go ahead of all those guys. He should, you know. And even DeAndre Hopkins, who goes in the pick afterward. With Hopkins, you know you're going to lose the first six weeks, but then he should come back and be completely ready, or one would hope that he is ready. Godwin you know, could be very limited through most of the season. I think once you get into training camp and players are not actually practicing, even though we've known the whole way along that that was what it's going to be, you start to see some of these prices get back to where they should be. My concern with Lance, and I, I love Lance. I have him on every league. I have him in almost every league is number one that it's like, I don't want to get to where I feel like I have just an absurd 70, 80% of Trey Lance. I also don't necessarily want to, contribute to his price rising at the 702 it feels a little bit steep even though we actually are projecting him to outscore that level we think that it's very easy for him to get ahead of joe burrow easy for him to get ahead of jalen hurts and maybe even more than them i think it's very possible for him to outscore patrick mahomes and justin herbert who are going much much earlier so from that perspective we like it but i do want to try and also get the value on him but one of the things about having the 102 is that you can't draft him at the 710 you can't draft him at the 803 because that is not where you're positioned in the draft and we were in a little bit of a flat spot after we selected Devonte smith we did not have another player who was rated nearly that highly and you can see some of the names coming off the board like tony pollard clyde edwards alaire damian harris i mean again love tony pollard but that's a little bit of a stiff price damian harris is he going to be the highest scoring Patriots back? He's a good player in what I do expect to be a high scoring offense, but you can tell that this is a flat area. Now, TJ Hawkinson was a great pick there. I was hoping he would come back around column of the players. We are going to have a shot at what are you thinking here? Matthew Stafford, Traylon Burks, Chase Edmonds, 
you mentioned getting the second QB in the window after Stafford is Derek Carr. Again, I mean, these are going to be tricky prices. This might be a Justin Fields team in terms of, of what we're targeting. At wide receiver, do you do you like Burks? Are you looking for a Chase Claypool? The receiver value in this draft obviously has not been extreme. Drafters are eliminating a lot of those players. Yeah, I'm thinking here, you know, the rookies, Traylon Burks and Sky Moore as potential options. I'm not interested in Michael Thomas. That might work out against me, but I think we should go Burks here as we're on the clock. But are you like me? Like, I might miss out on Michael Thomas having a great season this year, but I'm I'm sitting out. I'm not... Uh, I'll miss it, I think, is the way if it does happen. Um, the player, Sean, that I'd be interested in would be, um, and he goes off the board, Devin Singletary, so ignore that, but Sky Moore would be an option if you wanted to go running back, which I probably don't want to go at this point. Um, Hunt is there, but I think I think I would go Sky Moore here, unless you want to go Derek Carr, but I think I'd rather get the wide receiver. Would you prefer to have Garrett Wilson? I think I would wait and see if he might slip through. I don't think he will slip through, but I think based on ADP, I would go with more. Okay, so we select Sky Moore, the ninth round. Not a bad price on on Sky. He has a chance to blow up and be the easy wide receiver one for the Chiefs. I think that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the cleanest and safest receiver on the Chiefs relative to ADP, but I also don't think that he's a guy who is likely to emerge as a pure league winner. Now I think he's going to have multiple long touchdowns. I think he's going to have a good season, but when we're looking at either Juju or sky Moore to even flirt with Travis Kelsey types of target share numbers, when we're looking at a guy who could be Patrick Mahomes main target in the final third of the season, I think it's going to be Juju sort of having a career renaissance or it's going to be this rookie who was a cult favorite even before the Chiefs draft him, but then he gets in this situation with Patrick Mahomes and suddenly, you know, he, he's vastly overdrafted by where he was selected in the reality draft. You think of the number of players who were selected ahead of him who are going much, much later. And yet because he's with Patrick Mahomes, because of such a good situation, because he had not a bulletproof, but a very good prospect profile there. He's got plus athleticism. He's that player who can be the not only the possession receiver, but have some run after the catch skills. I, I think the enthusiasm is warranted. And I do think because he had the hamstring injury during offseason workouts, that that has kept his ADP in a range where you can actually select him some. If that hadn't happened, if we had gotten Sky more buzz during OTAs, you would not be seeing him there in the ninth round, even if that was the appropriate price. And so I think because of that, we can still take some shares of him. And again, Colin, it was a little bit of a flat area. Otherwise, I think that Garrett Wilson is probably the pick, but because of the way that he's priced, you have to take a little bit of risk there. What are your thoughts on Robert Woods, who's the top player available here as we get into the mid-ninth round after more Dallas Goddard, Michael Thomas, James Cook, Ken Walker, Ramondre Stevenson, Kareem Hunt. So a mini running back run, and then Chase Claypool, Derek Carr does come off the board. Woods, Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz, some of the top players by ADP. I don't think these guys are necessarily going to be our targets, but do you have interest in Robert Woods? Is he going to be someone who actually cuts in and takes the number one wide receiver role away from the player we've already drafted in Traylon Burks? Uh, hopefully not. Um, but I do think that 
Robert Woods is a very good NFL player. Again, coming back off an injury as a veteran player is never a, a sure thing. Reports seem to be quite positive with him. Um, I, I'm just targeting, you know, those guys. I think with the the higher upside and changing offense at that age is a little bit of a concern. Into a situation where we talked about, you know, AJ Brown and his target profile, and then we're moving into taking Robert Woods out of the Rams to put into the the Titans offense. I don't see him like outperforming what he did with LA, but there is going to be a certain point here where, you know, at the moment we are seven picks past ADP. I think he could become interesting, but he feels to me like he slides into that Adam Thielen category of, you know, Michael Thomas as well, where I'm just probably not going to have him that much. I still have some shares of Robert Woods who is, proven quite hard to move in those dynasty streets um so hopefully for those teams he'll pull it through but if he lasts back here i think he's somebody that we would have to consider but i don't think he's going to last the disappointing news sean was in back-to-back picks garrett wilson and ron delmore both went off the board um so they did not make it back to us they went you know seven picks after which is right around adp or just above it but We'll see how it plays out. The last round since we picked, we took Sky more than it's Dallas Goddard, Michael Thomas, James Cook, Ken Walker, Ramondre Stevenson, Kareem Hunt, Chase Claypool, Derek Carragard, Wilson, Rondell Moore, Melvin Garden, Carderell Patterson, Tyler Boyd, Robert Woods, who we were just touching on there, and then Dawson Knox. So, Sean, we're five picks away, but are you feeling similar about Robert Woods or are you tempted in some builds to add him into those rosters? Well, I, I did have a team in the last week where i selected both burks woods and ryan Tannehill in a super flex draft and Tannehill was obviously the discount bargain play at qb and then led into a situation where because both of the wide receivers fell below as well i thought that makes sense if you're going to be in a super flex format and take the risk on Tannehill. Tannehill, is someone i think not wildly undervalued or anything like that but probably underrated from a reality perspective i think he could have a good bounce back season especially if he does get his weapons and you know if, if we're banking on Traylon burks having the type of season that makes him worth selecting so often then ryan Tannehill probably not a bad late pick not one of those qbs in the window you said around adp for rondell moore but he goes at the 108. His ADP is 120. We were hoping to get him. We have the 119th pick. So that is a disappointment. But that kind of thing obviously happens. Again, that the drafter in that area, if they wanted more, they were going to have to take him, wouldn't have come back to them at the following turn. So, Colin, we're, we're now in this situation again where the top quarterback is Justin Fields. He's a perfect fit for what we're trying to do, a good match with Trey Lance. We have a lot of him. There are some later QB options. But is he the direction you want to go? Rondell Moore, an earlier ADP, but he's falling like a stone in some drafts. Yeah, I think we took fields here. We lock in the two quarterback build, and then we we see what comes back to us here in, in two picks time. We do have some interesting options. Um, Cole Komet, who you have in the queue, but we also have Jones White and Spiller. I'm not really too worried. I, like, I'm going to buy the dip on Ronald Jones. A bit like the opposite, Sean, of the Michael Thomas thing of, ronald jones doesn't happen i'm probably going to get sunk with that cost uh so we're going to go you know down with the ship on a couple of things i think but yeah ronald jones rashad white um i i'm happy to draft either of those guys i think as a running back option landry and jameson williams would probably be the wide receiver targets that we would take here if we wanted to the other one is jameson crowder for the buffalo bills 
um, could correlate as well into the the week seventeen game with the Bengals. But um, happy really to go whichever direction you want to go here. Yeah, I think that Ronald Jones is probably the play, but I'd also be fine with Rashad White. Would be fine with Isaiah Spiller. We do go ahead and time out, but unlike in some of the situations that Colin has referenced, I did put Jones there, so he would be our. I was pick. a very calm one, Sean. That was much more relaxed. I was happy with uh, any of the running back options that you went with there, and I, the the wide receivers that I mentioned. Again, we're not looking to like just let all these players fall down and, and slide, but I, I'm hoping that some of those options are going to make their way back to us here with the, the wide receivers. So, so far, Sean, that gives us a 2-3-5-1 build. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, a quarterback, Mark Andrews, a tight end, Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, Ronald Jones at uh, running back, and then T. Higgins, Gabriel Davis, Devontae Smith, Trey Burks, and Sky Moore. So we had Gabriel Davis. You know, I did mention the possibility to get somebody like a Jamison Crowder. Obviously that would be the same offense, but there's, there's options there. Um, Jarvis Landry may be an option that's available. So we have, we have some interesting options, Sean, coming up here. We obviously can try and see if we can get KJ Hamler into the mix as well to, to get into some of those week 17 correlations, but I'm pretty happy with how things are playing out for us here so far through those opening um 11 picks or so how are you feeling i know people are going to look at this roster and say it's not balanced because we have more wide receivers than running backs but i think overall for where we're at and where we're looking to go i think we're we're pretty balanced for our approach yeah and and really especially if you have those two running backs early the very last thing you want is actually to be balanced you need to be very wide receiver heavy outside of those picks that's what i said balanced for our approach which i just want all the wide receivers (laughs) <laughs> Colin wants all the wide receivers. We've done a good job at getting him completely on board to where it is like pulling teeth to get him to select a running back. That's absolutely the direction that we're going here. It'll be interesting to see as we come back through and we'll show kind of the board instead of our cue at this point. Rashad White goes late in the 11th a couple picks later isaiah spiller those were not realistic picks to come back but they would have been fun additional running back options we see trevor lawrence go tua is still out there in this draft and he is arguably someone who fits in the qb window by adp but that's not the way that i would look at that how are you feeling for me a lot of the time in these drafts justin fields is the target and he is the one i'm hoping to get and him and two generally go sometimes together but in this draft for example you're going to get almost a two-round discount on to but i, I i'm going in and trying to get fields but i think sometimes maybe i should be willing to to go and try and get to the problem is if you if you pass on fields to get to and you miss to then you're really into a three quarterback build at that particular point um but you know we're looking at the adps and we have justin fields we're thinking is going to rush for a lot of these points but if we look then at Tua, he has you know can rush for some of them as well but also has tyree kill and jalen waddle going on the opening you know three rounds of the draft we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's almost impossible to take two if you don't have either Jalen Waddell or Tyreek Hill. And even then, it's much more of a tenuous pick than someone like Justin Fields when you're looking at both full season and weekly upside. That doesn't mean that that'll be the way that it actually plays out. Whoever does take two at this point, especially if it's the Hill or Waddle drafter, I think will be very, very excited to have gotten that discount. The Dolphins are a team that, that I'm, excited to see and it's not just those two guys mike kosicki also one of the most athletic tight ends and if i think the addition of hill will free him up going to score quite a few points so from that perspective will be a good pick he continues to last as Devonte parker jarvis landry albert O go off the board cole Komet, who was sort of my target as the tight end two for us and have a little bit of that connection with Justin Fields. One of the reasons why Fields is going so late is that drafters don't think that he has any weapons, but I think that's going to push a very large number of targets to commit this season. He in a vacuum, I think is being underdrafted. The player who's lasted a long time below. Something happened to Pat No, I, no, I, I think that there's just concern about the quarterback play. So we get back around. It has to be the pick. For Firemouth? Yeah, I think it has to be. Um, at this particular point, he's going 17 picks after ADP and would fit perfectly into a two tight end build. We were just looking at some of the, like, you know, Evan Ingram went ahead of him and we both love Alberto Kubunum. He goes ahead of him. I, I was shocked that Firemouth lasted back. He was somebody who you, for all the joking, he, he was in the queue when we made our last pick. Um, so I think that's that's a really nice and the other player that i really wanted to get here was jemison williams i don't know how you feel about that but he would be the guy that i would be looking to add in here the uh it gets us you know the i know it's just fields but the detroit bears game would have some correlation there in week 17 so you're feeling more confident in the rookie coming back and not necessarily more confident in the rookie coming back but knowing that there are a wide range of outcomes in terms of how these injuries will play out for players who did suffer the injury toward the end of last season, not the beginning of last season. I'm I'm concerned about Williams coming back and being healthy, but I'm also getting him in the 13th round versus, you know, where we would be looking to, to try and get the situation with Godwin. The other part that would bump that for me a little bit is the, the week 17. And I've mentioned this before. I have too much uh, exposure to this Bears-Lions game, but most of the time that is true. Um, TJ Hawkinson on the the Lions side of things so I think that the concern is real for him recovering from that injury but you talked about DeAndre Hopkins as that late season guy and I, I just think the discount that you can get on somebody like Williams and I know it's injury versus suspension related but 
I'm willing to take the risk in the, the 13th round to that upside. I, I think like the rookies are still going undervalued. Um, it'll obviously it'll depend on his injury, how his ADP does. But yeah, I think I think I'm willing to take the risk there. And the thing that you point out, the price creates a very different conversation when we're thinking about what the risk reward is. How does it? potentially impact the lineup what do we need out of him and what times of the season do we need out of him i think that if there's a player in this draft who ends up being a justin jefferson type of guy it's probably jameson williams with his combination of elite production last season and that speed to be able to get open at all levels at any time create the big play one of the things we saw from jamar chase last year and in some ways maybe the similarity is closer there to where jamar chase someone very difficult to cover because he can get open at all levels but receivers who can go over the top and create multiple 60 yard touchdowns during the course of a season the threat to the defense the stress to a defense is so severe it makes it very difficult to deal with now one of the reasons that chase was not more expensive last season beyond the little drops issue that he had that probably knocked down his adp um, say foolishly i don't mean that in a disrespectful way to any drafters but just that d- probably didn't make sense but yet the fact that t higgins and tyler boyd were both on the team and that joe burrow was rehabbing an injury those were all contextual concerns for jameson williams he has jerry goff but then also the potential competition even once he does return and the lions have said that it could be a problem it could be a problem incorporating him into the offense because you have dj chark because you have amon ross st brown tj hawkinson even deandre swift as a potentially elite receiving back maybe it's it's really more of a 2023 play but i'm with you in the 13th round i don't know colin i'm a big lions fan it's kind of a fun pick i'm not gonna the, the other thing with something like this is like we can talk about it could it could very well be difficult to get you know him back in if all the other things are working perfectly but realistically if he comes back in week seven for example there's a good chance that somebody else is unfortunately you know hurt banged up out for the rest of the season on ir for example you know these things happen so we, we'll see how it plays out but yeah I, i'm i'm looking to get you know the upside on the rookies here and, and take those shots but um We'll see the the value is the main difference there for me sean we are eight picks away we are i think building out quite a fantastic roster here at the moment two quarterbacks two tight ends i know you have gerald everett and no fan too it's our obligation they have you know we have a contract situation they have to be added to the queue in every single draft um and we probably will take them if they are there but uh looks like a two quarterback two tight end build and then filling out the other positions unless everett or fant become options uh who would be some of your priority targets here in seven picks if if all things fall correctly we are at one six zero by pick some of the players that are in the queue are everett terry and davis price and noah fantu go in this range yeah. a little bit later than that in general we would um see kj hammer then but you know george pickens is an option somebody i haven't drafted a lot of who are you hoping to get here in six picks i think maybe gerald everett I just think that having the potential for three elite tight ends does give you an advantage. You look at the roster construction explorer and it really likes three tight ends in a variety of builds and at a variety of price levels. So even if you do select that tight end early, you pull up the win the flex tool and you put in half PPR, you look at underdog uh, ADP and sort of the implied points by ADP, looking at the different positions, the tight ends are competitive. 
down there in this price range, which suggests that they're not disastrous picks uh, in terms of filling the flex. All of those things come into play. I think we want to take the best available player. I don't necessarily like the prices on any of the running backs in this range. Tyrion Davis price would be an option. One of the things that we do in terms of moving through here in, in, in our particular league is that selecting Gerald Everett doesn't allow one of the other drafters in our league to take him. So it's a little bit of a consideration. Also an element where I think if we look to, you know, how do we win the million dollars for winning the regular season, that having Gerald Everett always a potential trump card as he's a guy I think is going to end up on a lot of the teams that are in that top 50, top, you know, 100, 200, you know, even 500 out of the 450,000 entries in the contest. Do you have another guy? I mean, there are going to be lots of running back options late, but I don't know that anyone in this range, I mean, Marlon Mack with an ADP of 172, but even then it's a little bit more of a floor play. Anybody that we take outside of Davis price is going to be a fairly large reach at this juncture yeah for anyone watching into they might have thought i was nodding my head to no but uh, i'm actually was cracking my neck for anyone watching the video element but sean he has now dropped um you know 12 picks below adp at this point and it's a really flat spot here you mentioned we'll talk about it as we go along there's a lot of wide receivers a lot of running back options that we like here we even joked on a recent draft where we said that those players that were going undrafted that we were like we just we wished we could have drafted all those guys so yeah i think we we leave our priorities open um it is a point it is a question i'll put to you if it was a case that we knew that we could get ever there would you skip on fairmouth i think them both of those tight ends and actually andrews when we come to think about it we've got all them at you know between a six and kind of 12 pick adp slide which i think is going to build out a unique roster here as well yeah just to get such crazy adp values on a couple of those guys and if Tyrion davis price makes it through the drafter here at the 1501 we'll get a you know more than a round discount on him as well now that's not nearly as big a deal when you're talking about round 15 but it still is something and the other players available here just are not particularly interesting. I mean, the top wide receivers on the board, Marvin Jones just went, Corey Davis, Alec Pierce, George Pickens. I, I do like Paris Campbell there, but Kendrick Bourne, you know, then we're quite a bit later with KJ Hamler and Will Fuller. No, it's uh, TDP here, I think, is the the pick. I think sometimes, Sean, drafts, when you're doing them, it feels like every pick you want to make, it's, you know, just you're getting losing that pick every single time. But in this draft, it feels like we're getting players sliding down boards that's why i asked i actually googled pat fairmouth when that that pick came up because i was like what has happened what news has broke because just that i think just the value is too much there players that you would like to get on your roster and then they're they're sliding to you so i'm, I'm really liking how this draft is playing out and when we look through some of the rosters as it comes up at the top of the screen how teams are built there's a lot of no five running back five wide receiver builds at this particular point in the draft looking through the next two teams up i've seen a couple of teams previously that showed that so you know we see the team that's coming up here um at the 10th pick it's a four running back four wide receiver four tight end build so we'll review those a little bit more maybe after to see how it looks but so far sean i think it's worked out you know perfectly for us in this draft and those teams that currently have one tight end unless they are of the elite 
category i think that's going to put them in a little bit of a hole um trying to get somebody to, to fill in the back end of their roster here but yeah we're in a, a really nice position now where we just take what what really comes and i think sometimes that's when the drafts really set up for you when it isn't the case that you have to force in that you know wide receiver force in that running back you can just see how it plays out over the course of these rounds and yeah some of our favorite targets are coming up here to to really solidify this roster exactly there are so many wide receiver and running back options remaining we did reach about a half around on both trey lance and justin fields but other than that we've been getting fantastic value more than balancing that out Brees hall five picks below adp gabriel davis six picks below adp jameson williams around below adp Tyrion davis price around and a half and then you look at the tight ends, all three of them. I mean, Mark Andrews, six picks below for a player with an ADP of 20 is pretty crazy. But then even bigger gaps for Pat Fryermuth, four, uh, 16 picks below. Gerald cool. Everett, 13 picks below. A lot of values there. And so I feel a little bit more comfortable with the prices we did have to pay up with at QB. And they're they're also- the, the QB one's in a really flat spot. That's why I don't mind doing it there as much. And it also gives you access to so many other options to get those two guys on your roster. Um, you know, it's, I, I think I'm really pleased. So we're, we're five picks away here, Sean, as we wrap back around. But yeah, at this point, I just, I'm just wondering who, who else is going to be that slide back to us to build it, continue to build out this uh, super team. And possibilities would include guys like Will Fuller, Wondell Robinson, David Bell. Those are the top players in our queue at wide receiver at the moment the top of the running back board i don't know if it's that exciting Jarrett mckinnon would be a possibility although i don't know that we need him with rojo chris evans has an adp below this point but we know that he can go at any time a very trendy player and we also like guys like sony michelle hassan haskins to ernest johnson who are you hoping to select here knowing that we have three picks remaining wendell <laughs> he is the he's the hope for me we have uh will fuller after going off the board then uzama goes off the board so we're down to two picks sean but i don't know it feels like we may miss out here on him well mark ingram goes off the board we're down to one pick is he the the clear pick here for for you i think probably so he's got that week nine buy that makes it tricky rest, yeah. late in drafts sometimes because it's very easy to get to where you have so many week nine buys by this point in the draft column at this point we have zero receivers with that week nine buy he does make it to this point he's one of our favorite guys he's a perfect fit in this build we need to get up with at least one more wide receiver he the guy he is the guy what's funny here is we're drafting all these guys sean we touched on it earlier in the show when we talked about you know having too many of certain players and i have to imagine between the rosters you're drafting and the rosters i'm drafting there's a lot of wendell robinson on those rosters now our last four wide receiver selections all rookies does that give you any pause no i think again i've talked about that i think those are players who the, they're all going to increase in value in the preseason here some of them may not you know i could be wrong but i think we're going to this is the time to draft them i think those prices are going to disappear pretty quickly uh, i also think there's depending on how we want to finish this out but there's 
going to be some veteran options towards the end of this maybe to to slide in there but does it my question is does that give you concern so we were drafting some of these teams before the nfl draft so in this one we have Brees hall we have terry and davis price obviously with the two second year quarterbacks in the roster we have you know t higgins and gabriel davis we have a lot of young players but we also have as you mentioned four rookie wide receivers as well so uh you asked me does it concern me i said not overly is it a concern to you yes and no i I think that we want to be aware of what we're doing at the wide receiver position with regards to experience not getting too overweight with the rookies and at the same time you do need to take the best players i think they're going to get more expensive david bell or chris evans here that was the most relaxed discussion uh of being on the clock with six seconds left i think we've ever had well, I didn't even realize we were if on If I had clock. used four more seconds, sure. then I would have been in trouble. So I left you with five full seconds to make the decision. You do take Chris Evans. We love that pick. We know that the running back two... Was, was that your way to tell me, uh, you know, when you were saying about, was I concerned about the rookies that we had just drafted? Was that the way of saying, don't draft David Bell here subliminally? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did kind of hint in that direction, but it's David Bell. I and mean, we're talking about probably the second or third best wide receiver in this entire draft class he fell to number nine with the cleveland browns they claimed that their analytics staff absolutely loved him and or their coaching staff believed that he was the guy who would make it to them but who would eventually be a star column if you've watched him play there are some concerns about his separation even at the collegiate level but when you draw targets like david bell when you catch through contact we don't do a ton of scouting takes necessarily on the show but david bell so fun to watch when you're trying to figure out well this wide receiver who's putting up four six plus times in the 40 how is he such a star at purdue you watch him the hand strength the ability to catch through contact one of the things to keep in mind one of the things that i think that gets buried from time to time is that the combination of talent and skill those really two very different things but the way that they interact creates the player right creates the overall ability level and the ability to impact a game do the types of things that receivers need to do in order to be relevant on the football field that can manifest in a variety of different ways all receivers do not need to be the same david bell was a star in college we know that the main thing that allows people to transition effectively from college to the nfl is being a big time producer at the college level i think that you have to love that now he may get jacoby Brissett. jacoby Brissett had a passable season when he had to fill in for andrew luck with the indianapolis colts but definitely not going to be the quarterback that any fantasy manager wants to have hooked up with the receiver so i guess i'm not surprised that david bell is lasting a little bit later in drafts now than he was recently also he did start the training camp on the pup not expected to be a big deal but once you get into draft territory players who are not currently available are going to start falling at least in the interim he could come back to us even at the 1811. We now are in a situation where we have seven wide receivers. We have five running backs. 
we have one less position than we do in some builds because we did take that third tight end. Colin, do you have a clear preference in terms of the direction that you want to go when we look I, I at running back versus wide receiver? I don't have a clear preference at the moment. Uh, we are only four picks away. Yeah, there's not a lot to be excited about there. No, Scroll it's, down. It's basically, <laughs> Colin's like, I don't like any of those guys. Scroll down. Oh, we have LaVisca in here. We also yeah. know. Still concerned about him. What about somebody like Sterling Shepard? Any some upside there and somebody like a like a Sterling Shepard? But based on the, the rookie talk earlier, I'm wondering if we should be looking to add some you know veteran presence into this wide receiver room or the thing that has my my mind thinking is the uh, wide receiver comment. Yeah, well, you have done some good shows with Connor O'Driscoll. Everybody should check those out. One of the shows that you guys did was whether or not underdog drafters are drafting enough running backs. I actually did regret not taking a running back in our last draft that was the hyper-fragile. You and I debated that. I think this has to be David Bell or Eno Benjamin. And when you pull up the roster construction explorer, the thing that you do see is that while this particular build, and when I say this particular build, I have running back two before five. Obviously, we took Christian McCaffrey in round one and then Brees Hall in round four. But then the third running back after the ninth round, both the playoff advance rates, the semifinal advance rates are very good. The final advance rates, again, are going to be kind of all over the place just looking at just one season here, but they do get better as you have more running backs so getting up to sixth is better it's also a little bit higher scoring regular season build so i think getting the sixth running back in this instance probably did make sense and we passed on some of those guys last time around column i do think that Eno benjamin is someone that you want to have on almost every team yeah well i think getting some of the shots if you're in there to the second last pick is definitely a positive way to go the the pause for concern for me sean there was when you mentioned about the uh, situation obviously with uh, trying to decide i think if the rookies you know don't perform that the team doesn't perform i think i think we have enough top end depth on this roster as well at wide receiver to see how that plays out but looking back at the full roster sean we have trey lance justin fields then we have Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, Ronald Jones, Terry and Davis Price, Chris Evans, Eno Benjamin added in. Um, and I do think in Eno Benjamin, when you're looking at the, the big gaps in ADP between the likes of him and um, James Conner and you know the other running backs that are on that roster, I think it's definitely worth the opportunity at the, the second to last pick. T. Higgins, Gabriel Davis on the roster. Devontae Smith, Traylon Burke, Sky Moore, Jameson Williams, Wondell Robinson. And then we obviously have the three tight ends as well that we took in Mark Andrews, um, Pat Fairmouth, and then Gerald Everett. So I'm pretty happy with how it played out, Sean, overall. Um, how are you feeling after the, the draft has played out, outside of uh, doubting our rookie wide receiver depth? Well, it's, it's not doubting, more just making sure that we are aware of how that's going i think yeah. that the rookies because they have such great prices and the upside and what we've seen the last several years the impact that they can make is so extreme now wandale is somebody i think that you want to have almost all rosters i would be surprised if he's not the wide receiver one for the giants and i say that within the context of thinking that kenny galladay and Kadarius tony will probably have pretty solid seasons you had mentioned sterling shepherd he's coming off of an injury that i think probably disqualifies him 
But again, as you get down to the end of the season and whether or not he could go in and cannibalize the points at a key moment, that's something that we definitely would have to be aware of. Colin, this, this build is a lot of fun, right? It has early round running back firepower, which especially in half PPR formats is going to be potentially important. We're not going to see the massive performances from zero RB candidates every season in the fantasy playoffs, even though we would love for that to be the case. If you have McCaffrey and Hall, I think you have the chance to have guys who finish number one and then maybe number five overall. You get to play that Bengals Bills game without it being extraordinarily expensive. Having Gabriel Davis fall here was nice for us. So the Higgins Davis portion of that. And one of the things that I do like, I know that there is so much focus on trying to play them with their quarterbacks playing all of that game together very heavily. I like the fans that we have Trey Lance and Justin Fields instead. If we go into that game and those are the two players that blow up, but then separate from that, we have other things in that game that knock players down. If Stefan Diggs doesn't have a big game, if Jamar Chase doesn't have a big game, I mean, there are definitely scenarios where Josh Allen and Joe Burrow would not be the quarterbacks that you need. One of the things that we do like to mention from time to time, it's not that you have to do it, but Trey Lance, Justin Fields, not only do they have that extreme upside, but they give you a little bit more flexibility in terms of the players that you play with them. You don't have to stack them with the receivers. One of the fun things that does come up here, though, within this context and having Gabriel Davis, and I, I say all the time, I think Gabriel Davis is valued above anything that his profile says should be the case, and yet despite that he looks like he could be a big time star if he comes through and has that type of impact the week 16 games also a big big deal you want to be in that group that makes it to the final so that then either trey lance or justin fields could be the guy with you there for it to be a situation where you have buffalo and chicago in week 16 i think that part of it is a lot of fun we want the Bears to be kind of chasing and for Justin Fields to be able to put up a couple of touchdowns, maybe 100 rushing yards. I'm probably more enthusiastic about his rushing potential than the community and not like wildly so, but I do think that that's something that he could add a little bit more than is being expected. You look at this particular team and it's a wide range of outcomes team that I think is important. And then again, we, we get those values on the tight ends. We should be the highest scoring team from a tight end perspective in this league. And Colin, if you have that and you have shots with players like Chris Evans and Eno Benjamin late, this this may be one of my favorite teams that we've drafted so far. Yeah, I, I love this team. Um, the thing, if you look through, like, you know, Christian McCaffrey and Brees Hall there, and then I know Ronald Jones is not going to fit into a hyper-fragile build, but I think having Christian McCaffrey and Brees Hall are two of our absolute favorite targets and those, you know, opening five rounds of the running back position the only way i think that gets better is if we get jonathan taylor along along uh with um Brees hall but you know christian mccaffrey is in a if we look at who can be a legendary running back this season as pat crane would say he's definitely in that mold i think having those guys allows you to not maybe have the full depth but the guys that we have in there have humongous upside as well and then the the wide receivers outside of them being rookies is the the only question mark i suppose we would have but um we are trying to target the young players trying to target rookies second year players and uh have that upside as well and we've seen what 
rookies can do. They're not all going to be Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, but even the guys that didn't have those obviously amazing, amazing seasons still had extremely strong years, the likes of a, a Jalen Waddle, for example, as well. So we are drafting those guys. We're going to continue to draft them. But, Sean, I really like this roster. Hopefully people have liked listening in. That is going to do it for this episode of the show. Again, if you are playing over at underdogfantasy.com, use the code ROTOVIS, get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 while registering. You can also get yourself a 10% discount of a ROTOVIS NFL pass if you use the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout at rotoviz.com. Get yourself an NFL pass, get access to all of our content and tools up on the website. And once again, that promo code is RVRADIO2022. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out all his work up at rotaviz.com. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.